Amen. I enjoyed the good singing tonight. It's a blessing to be in the house of the Lord and uh, appreciate the honor of being in your presence and being able to try to open up the Word of God to share something with you that might be of some help to you. I believe tonight the Holy Spirit is able to take this Word and lodge it in your heart and cause you to see your great need of a Savior. He's able. Appreciate Brother Brad and the church understanding. I have been in the prison earlier this morning uh, preaching the gospel. I had a class this afternoon as well and speaking about the righteousness of God to men that were caught up in gangs and men were asking me questions about the righteousness of God. And so I'm grateful to be able to go into dark places and be able to share the hope of Jesus Christ. Do you know what? It's just as dark in here for those that don't know Jesus. So before we point fingers, we've got to realize that all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. If you have your Bibles, I want to encourage you to turn with me to John chapter 4. John chapter 4, very familiar text. The other night, uh, my wife and I went out on a date, and uh, that was a blessing, be able to get out, get out of the house by ourselves. And uh, we were going to a play there in Hendersonville at the Performing Arts Center. And uh, before we went there, we stopped for a meal. And uh, it was a little deli that we went to, and they had uh, nice little sandwiches and salads and that. And, and they had also fries to go along with it. And man, I ate, they, they gave me this bag of fries, and I think they, they dropped about half, uh, half the thing of salt on those fries. But they were so good, I just kept eating them. Between the, the fries and drinking tea that night, about the middle of the night, I woke up and my mouth was so dry. Anybody else have that problem? Seems like the older I get, I got to watch what I eat. Last night, I ate something after we got left here. I was hungry. And then I, you wake up in the middle of the night. I used to be able to get, go to Taco Bell at 9 o'clock at night in my college days and eat three or four or five tacos and then go right to sleep. It didn't bother me at all. But now I wake up in the middle of the night and my mouth is dry. Tonight, we're going to be introduced to a woman that her mouth was dry. I led her out to a well, but it wasn't just her mouth that was dry. Tonight you may be as dry as can be, parched, empty, alone, filled with shame, wondering if this God can really do something for me. I want to share another salvation story with you from John chapter 4 that Jesus is able to quench and satisfy that thirst. Let's begin reading in John 4 verse 1. It says, when therefore the Lord knew how the Pharisees had heard that Jesus made and baptized more disciples than John, though Jesus himself baptized not but his disciples, he left Judea and departed again into Galilee, and he must needs go through Samaria. Then cometh he to a city of Samaria, which is called Sychar, near to the parcel of ground that Jacob gave to his son Joseph. Now Jacob's well was there. Jesus, therefore, being wearied with his journey, sat thus on the well, and it was about the sixth hour. There cometh a woman of Samaria to draw water. Jesus saith unto her, Give me to drink. For his disciples were gone away into the city to buy meat. 
Then saith the woman of Samaria unto him, How is it that thou, being a Jew, askest drink of me, which am a woman of Samaria? For the Jews have no dealings with the Samaritans. Jesus answered and said unto her, If thou knewest the gift of God, and who it is that saith to thee, Give me to drink, thou wouldest have asked of him, and he would have given thee living water. The woman saith unto him, Sir, thou hast nothing to draw with, and the well is deep. From whence then hast thou that living water? Art thou greater than our father Jacob, which gave us the well, and drank thereof himself, and his children, and his cattle? Jesus answered and said unto her, Whosoever drinketh of this water shall thirst again. But whosoever drinketh of the water that I shall give him shall never thirst. But the water that I shall give him shall be in him a well of water springing up into everlasting life. The woman saith to him, Sir, give me this water that I thirst not. Neither come hither to draw. To draw. Jesus saith unto her, Go, call thy husband and come hither. The woman answered and said, I have no husband. Jesus said unto her, Thou hast well said, I have no husband, for thou hast had five husbands, and who whom thou hast is not thy husband, in that saidst thou truly. The woman saith unto him, Sir, I perceive that thou art a prophet. Our fathers worshipped in this mountain, and you say that in Jerusalem is a place where men ought to worship. Jesus saith unto her, Woman, believe me, the hour cometh. When you shall neither in this mountain nor yet at Jerusalem worship the Father, you worship you know not what. We know what we worship, for salvation is of the Jews. But the hour cometh and now is when the true worshipers shall worship the Father in spirit and in truth. For the Father seeketh such to worship Him. God is a spirit, and they that worship Him must worship Him in spirit and in truth. The woman saith unto Him, I know that Messiah is cometh which is called Christ. When he is come, he will tell us all things. Jesus said unto her, I that speak unto thee am he. Tonight, as we consider this subject, uh, I want to title this Living Water. Living Water. I told you my mouth was really dry the other night. Actually, it was dry last night too. I may need to go to the regular doctor and get things checked out. But I'll tell you from a spiritual perspective, if you're thirsting and you're yearning for something, you realize, hey, I, everything, every well that I go to, it's dry. It's dry. This woman, as we'll look at in just a little while, she went to a lot of dry and broken wells. And you become what you behold. You become what you behold. There's things in this world that will not satisfy. But I'll tell you that Jesus is able to satisfy your heart tonight. But you might be here and you might be like this woman. You might say, I really don't have that big of a spiritual need. I hope that as we go through this tonight and look at the scriptures, you'll realize, hey, I have a desperate need tonight for a savior, for someone to set me free from this sin. So as we consider this subject, let's look at this. First of all, Jesus had a divine appointment. He had a divine appointment with this woman. We'll consider that. Secondly, Jesus started a gospel 
conversation. That's what I want to do with you tonight. I want to start a gospel conversation. We're in a natural building here, right here. And I've been talking about natural water, but I want to introduce you to the spiritual water. I want to introduce you to the fact that we live in a world with spiritual realities. And we're not all going to be able to gather in this building week after week and night after night. We are all headed somewhere. We're headed to an eternity, and you need to be prepared to meet the Lord. So I want to have a gospel conversation with you. Thirdly, Jesus exposes this woman's need for the living water. As has already been mentioned, you you must understand you have a need until you realize that you have a need. You won't cry out to God. We need the spirit of the living God to bring about conviction on hearts tonight because I can't convince you in myself. It takes the spirit of God to apply the word of God to your hearts to show you that, hey, I've got to cry out to God for mercy. I've got to cry out for some of that living water. I need to taste myself and see that God is good. There are several in here that's already taken a drink of that living water. And they can say it was the best drink they've ever taken in their life. And it has been soul satisfying. And we keep telling people where the right kind of well to go to. And so I want to see how Jesus exposes her sin or need for the living water. And then I want to end this message where I hope you end up tonight. This woman took a drink of living water and her life was not the same. That is my desire for you tonight. If God draws you by his blessed spirit, I pray you leave this place tonight rejoicing because you believe on him and whom I have spoken to you about. He's able to do the same thing for you that he did for this woman. So as we back up here to verse 1, it says, Therefore the Lord knew how the Pharisees had heard that Jesus made and baptized more disciples than John, though Jesus himself did not baptize, but his disciples. I've never really paid attention to this, but if God was going to start a revival... He would probably start in the, you would think he would start in the middle of Jerusalem, right in the middle of where everybody was. But when John came preaching, he came preaching in the wilderness and he was not decked out with the the world's latest fashions. He wasn't concerned about the greatest restaurants around town. He was concerned about doing the will of God and preparing people to meet the Lord. That's why we're here tonight. And as he began to preach, the power of God was on his ministry in such a way that people were coming from all over the place. Tonight, we need the drawing power of God on the church and on the ministry of the word. Without that, nobody can get saved. We need God to draw people and to convict people. So John was preaching that was happening, but I I want you to notice something here. It says that Jesus' ministry was exceeding that of John's. That's the reason he had to get out of that place because he knew his time had not arrived at that point and he didn't want to stir up any unnecessary problems with the Pharisees because he wanted to make sure that all those are going to come into the kingdom. They were were coming in droves. The, the, The people that were dirty and defiled the tax collectors and sinners. They were coming into the kingdom. Now, he had a little bit harder time for some of the religious people, like Nicodemus. 
Jesus has spoken to him in John chapter 3. And Nicodemus, a very smart and wise man, he was there and he, he came to Jesus by night. And Jesus turned that conversation into a gospel conversation. And he told Nicodemus, Nicodemus, I know you're a teacher of Israel, but let me tell you something. Nicodemus, if you want to see the kingdom of heaven, you must be born again. Now, you may be here tonight and you may say, I don't understand these realities. The carnal mind does not understand the spiritual realities. Church, that's why we need to pray that God would open up the eyes and the minds of the hearts of those that are here because the devil has blinded the minds lest they uh, avoid seeing Christ. But John, or Jesus told there, Nicodemus said, you must be born again. This is, he didn't get it because he said, do I need to climb back up in my mother's womb and be born a second time? Jesus said, hey, no, that's not, that's not what I'm talking about. That which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the spirit is spirit. You, you came in here tonight, you were been born of your mother, but I tell you, you need to be born from heaven. You need to be born from on high. The blessed spirit of God needs to come into your heart and to change you on the inside. And then you, I'll be able, you'll be able to tell, hey, I know how that wind blows in, in this way and that way. I can't see where it came from. I don't know where it's going, but I can tell you, the Holy Spirit, that cool, gentle breeze of, of heaven is flowing through my soul because I know Him. And so Jesus here, He's, he's uh, going throughout here, and, and, and these Pharisees, they didn't get it. So, but, but there was a power of, of God was on Jesus' ministry that said the Spirit of God was upon him without measure. Without measure. Can you imagine? Everywhere Jesus walked, the power of God, the presence of God, the temple of God was right there. And here's what I want you to understand. It says, Jesus left Judea and he departed again to Galilee. And he said, I've got to go through Samaria. Now the Jews and the Samaritans had problems. They had walls that were built up between the two of them. But uh, you might be here tonight. You might have some walls built up between you and God. You might say, hey, I've gone through some things in my life and they haven't been fair. They haven't been right. And I've been, I may have been doubting God. And I don't know for sure if, if he really is who he is. But let me tell you this. Jesus has a power to knock down walls. I pray he'll knock down every wall that you've got built up between you and him. And so Jews would typically go across the Jordan and go up the Jordan and come back in to Galilee. But Jesus said, no, I got, I've got to go to Samaria. Why, why did he have to go to Samaria? You know why he had to go? Because he and everything he did, Jesus walked in step with his father. He said, I do what my father asked me to do. Jesus was led by the Spirit into the wilderness. He was led out of the, out of the wilderness by the Spirit. He's being led by the Spirit of God right here in this story. And here's what I want you to see. There is a glorious picture unfolding here. It says, He came to the city of Samaria, which is called Sychar, near to the parcel of ground that Jacob gave to his son Joseph. Many years ago, Jacob had purchased this ground uh, uh, at that place. He had built an altar, and he named that altar, God is the God of Israel. And there in that parcel of ground, he, he, he dug a well out because you can't have life without water. You can't have life. It is impossible 
to have life without water. Try it. Actually, don't try it. If you try to go without water for a certain amount of time, your body will shut down and you will die. A well sustains water. It sustains life. It's why cities today are built around rivers. Because you go down to Nashville, you'll find a a big river going through the city. Many major cities are built around waterways because we have to have water or we die. It's a symbol of life. It is something that is needed for survival. And so Jesus is weary from his journey. And he stops out at this well. It's about a half mile from the city. And he sits there and he sends his disciples into the city to find some food for them to eat. And he is there by himself. And it's about noon. It says a woman of Samaria walks up. Typically, women would come to fetch water in the morning or in the evenings. They wouldn't come in the greatest part of the day. This woman, though, was a woman that was filled with shame. This woman knew she was a sinner and it impacted her uh, acceptance within the community. I want you to imagine this. She's got her water bucket and she comes and she's expecting her mouth is dry and she needs some water to take back to her house. And she shows up here at this well. I believe God's able to give a drink of living water right now. Shows up to this well and she's empty. She doesn't know how bad empty she is, but she shows up. But here's what I want you to understand. Jesus had been ministering to the great crowds. But God is so personal tonight. That, think about this. God orders the affairs of all the world right now, in this moment. He was doing it right here in this moment. You would think that if God was going to maximize His time on this earth, that He would always be speaking to large crowds of people. He would make sure that He would get His message out there both far and wide. But God in the flesh stopped had a divine appointment with one individual. Because every individual needs a time and a place where they've met the Master. So she comes here, she's... As I said, alone and isolated. And Jesus begins this conversation with her. He says this in verse 7. Then come with verse, verse, uh, yeah, verse 7. He says, give me to drink. Jesus doesn't have a a water bucket or a a pail. And he said, will you give me something to drink? And his disciples had gone away. And the woman of Samaria said, hey, why are you asking me? Do you realize I'm a Samaritan and you're a Jew? Why are you asking me for something to drink? He said, we don't have any dealings with one another. Jesus said unto her, if you knew the gift of God, if you knew the gift of God and who it is that saith to give me to drink, I could say tonight, if you knew, if you knew the God that we're trying to present to you, the savior of the world that we're presenting to you tonight, if you only knew how good he really is. 
How wonderful it is to have a drink of that living water. I went to that well 19 years ago in my bedroom one night and I've never been thirsty since then. He satisfied me and instead of having to go to a well, he dug a well in my soul and the Holy Spirit of God is bubbling up with life. He sustains me with life. It's flowing out of me and he can do the same thing for you. He said, if you knew the gift of God, if you knew that Jesus Christ was there uh, talking to you, this savior of the world, he says, you would have asked me to give, uh, give me a drink. He said, I would have I would able, been able to give you living water. What is living water? What is living water? I want you to get this picture here that we see even in the Old Testament, the prophets in the Old Testament spoke about this living water. Jeremiah was one of them. He said of the people in that day, he said this, that for my people have committed two evils. They have forsaken me, the fountain of living waters, and have hewn them out cisterns, broken cisterns that can hold no water. Jeremiah, the people in Jeremiah's day, they were going away from God. They were not following him wholehearted. It actually said they were like donkeys sniffing at the wind. They were in heat. They were going wherever their lust take, took them. Here and there and everywhere. I tell you, if you don't have your heart set on God, your heart is filled with lust. It'll take you to all kinds of places. I tell you some places it took me. I lusted after acclaim in athletics. I thought that I was going to get somewhere, but it was a broken well. I tell you, it took me some things. God had to break me down. Uh, in my senior year, I thought I was going to go to college and play sports on an uh, athletic scholarship. And there in my senior year, I had put all those things into that bucket. I had been digging in that well, and I thought, this is, what's going to, this is what's going to provide life for me. This is what's going to sustain me. This is what's going to give me hope. This is what's going to give me acceptance. In my senior year, as I was going after a fly ball, just like that, I collided with the center fielder and broke my wrists and I was knocked out at the end of my senior season. The doctor had to put a screw in there. He said, I may never write again. It was a broken well. I still try to play, but a few years ago I broke my, I tore my Achilles. I tell you, I keep trying to go to that well sometime and I keep getting broken down. But I tell you, I got something with, from Jesus that one night when I called out on him. And I tell you, it has never, that well has never run dry. And so Jesus is saying here that Jeremiah had said that you've forsaken the fountain of living waters, this fresh, living, flowing water from a spring. Can you just imagine that, how, how sweet it is when you're thirsty and you find a fresh spring that's just bubbling up out of the ground and it's, it's just flowing, fresh water, to get a drink of that. He said, you've forsaken the fountain of living waters and you've hewn yourself out cisterns, broken cisterns that can hold no water. You see, this woman had been drinking from a broken cistern. Job says that man drinks down iniquity like water. She was broken and empty on the inside, and she, she responded to Jesus. He, he said, I would have given you a drink of water if you would ask me. The woman said in verse 11, Sir, do you realize you don't have anything to draw the water with? The well's deep. You don't, you don't have a bucket. You don't have a rope. How, how are you going to give me something? And she says, are you greater than our father Jacob who gave us the well? 
He drank of this well, and his children drank of it, his cattle drank of it. Do you realize where we're, where we're located? This is a historical moment. She was realizing that Jesus was showing her in some ways that he was greater than Jacob. If you're reading John chapter 1, verse 51, you'll find out he referenced Jacob in that portion too. He told one of the disciples, Nathaniel, I believe, he said, Unto him, verily, verily, I say unto you hereafter, you shall see heaven open and the angels of God ascending and descending upon the Son of Man. Jesus was making reference to himself as being Jacob's ladder. Who in here wants to go to heaven? Who in here wants to have a bridge or a way to get to heaven? Jesus says, I'm Jacob's ladder. He, John already wrote about this, but I tell you, he's better than Jacob's well too. He's greater than all the patriarchs. He's the one that said before Abraham was, I am. So she's starting to understand. She's got this divine appointment with Jesus and Jesus has started this gospel conversation with her. She keeps going back to the natural water though. She keeps wondering that, hey, I just need a, I just need a drink of this water. She eventually gets to a point to say, hey, I just give me a drink of this water. I'm tired of going to the well. If you've ever gone to a third world country, you know they have to go draw the water. I can imagine she was tired and weary of going to this natural well. But I tell you, she was really tired and weary of being broken and being alone and carrying this guilty, uh, this guilty conscience with her. As I work with men that have come out of prison, one of the first lessons that we, I teach them, we, we grab a 45-pound weight 45-pound weight. Anybody that works out, you know what a 45-pound weight is. And uh, I'm not going to tell you how many of those I can lift, but I challenge the men. I say, get down on the floor, and while I'm teaching class, I want you to see how long you can hold that weight up. I don't don't recommend trying this at home unless you got somebody to help you. But I ask them, how long can you hold that weight up? And they hold it, and they hold it. Most of the time, they hold it for about five minutes, Sometimes they hold a seven. I did have one guy that played football down in Alabama, and he held it for, he's a record breaker, he held it for 30 minutes, and I finally just had to tell him, I got to pick the weight up, I got to keep teaching class. But the longer they hold it up, the heavier it gets. You know what, you've been trying to carry a weight with you. The weight of sin. This woman, everywhere she went, it'd be like that 45-pound weight. Hey, hey I, y'all want me to come over there? Let me drag this weight. Everywhere I go, I got this weight of sin. The shame that goes along with it because you realize it, it's something that, it does something to you. You realize I, I, there's something wrong. Sin always separates you. You're weighed down. This woman's still talking about living water, but Jesus says, hey, I've got, I've got, I've got this spiritual water. He's trying to go and help her to understand, but she's having troubles understanding why she needs this living water. Jesus said, I shall give him the water that I shall give him shall be in him a well of water springing up into everlasting life. She says, sir, give me this water that I thirst not. And Jesus begins to expose her need. He said, we go call your husband. Jesus begins to get real with her and he begins to talk to her about her relationships. Can I get real with you just for a little while? How's your relationship with the Lord? 
How's your relationship with the Lord tonight? Do you know Him? How's your relationship with your parents tonight? Jesus is going to address this woman based on her sinfulness because she, she says, Jesus says, go call your husband, but she's not, she's not married. Or she's been married about five, six different times. This just symbolizes her brokenness. But you might say, well, I, I'm not old enough to understand what marriage is about, but have you been faithful to your mom and your dad? Have you honored them with your life? Have you been obedient to them? Have you submitted to them as unto the Lord? Because God calls you to obedience. He desires for you to have a right relationship with Him, a right relationship with your parents. But so often we lie and we cheat and we deceive. We don't tell the truth. That's why you need a Savior. This woman of Jesus is talking to her. He's responding to her. And she, he says, you have well said, I have no husband, for thou hast had five husbands. The woman said, I perceive you're a prophet. Jesus says, you're, you're really seeing into my life. Do you know what? Tonight, God can x-ray your heart. Do you have peace? With God, do you have peace? Are things right in your relationships? You see, God x-rays it. Jesus was using these questions to x-ray her heart and actually helping her to see her sinfulness. She began to grow in conviction because she says, Sir, I perceive you're a prophet. Really, she's saying, you're getting a little too close for comfort. Because Jesus is trying to talk spiritual realities, but she wants to jump to something else. That's actually what she does. She begins to talk religion. You know what, tonight I, I don't want you to go to the religious conversation. I want you to stay personal. I want you to realize that if you're here tonight and you are being drawn by the Spirit of God and you are yet in your sin, you need the personal God who has set a divine appointment tonight to meet with you, to show you your need for the living water, to expose your need of, of this living water, and, and to convict you, to draw you to Himself. We don't need to turn this off of, because this woman goes and said, hey, let, let's talk about uh, worship. Let's talk about worship. She says, our father said that we should worship on Mount Gerizim, but you say we need to worship in Jerusalem. She turns the conversation. You see, tonight we could stop right here and we could turn the conversation. We could talk about school and we could talk about sports. And if we begin to talk about those things, I bet a lot of people would perk up. Tonight, we need to talk about the true and the living God. And do you know Him? Do you know Him? This woman didn't know Him. She didn't understand there, but as Jesus continues to open up her eyes to her sinfulness, He says, it's not about worshiping on this mountain and that mountain. He says, there's a day coming where they're not going to worship on this mountain and that mountain, but the Father is seeking true worshipers. You see, tonight, this really is about who you are going to worship, who or what you're going to worship the rest of your life. God is looking down from heaven and He desires to see who are you going to worship. You're going to worship something. You're going to pursue something. You're going to cast value on something in your life. But is it going to matter at the end of your life? Are you going to set your heart and your affections on the things that matter? 
Jesus says that God is spirit. You may say, I, I don't know what that means. That means that God is invisible. He can be in all places at all times. You may say, I have not seen God. You may say, I don't know if I, I can't believe in him because I can't see him. Well, do you believe in gravity? You can't see gravity. But if I were to jump off this stage, I'm not going to be like that guy on that uh, insurance commercial that just kind of stands suspended in air. I'm going to fall. God is real. God is real. You need to know that He's real in your soul. You need to drink of this living water. The woman said to him, I know the Messiah comes, which is called Christ. When he has come, he will tell us all things. Jesus said unto her. I want to stop there for a minute. You know how bad you need this water? If you fail to take a drink of the living water. Do you remember the rich man that died? Said in hell he opened up his eyes. Being in torments. He said, I just wish I had one drop of water. One drop of water. Sin, if you turn away from Jesus, sin will lead you into some dark and miserable places where your life is filled with broken wells that can hold no water. If I could have taken you with me this morning, I could have showed you men whose lives had turned away from God and they tried to drink from the wells of this world and their lives are filled with brokenness. But I can also tell you and show you a few men that I was around this morning that you would say, man, they have had, their lives must be broken. No, some of them, even on the inside of that prison, were wise enough to hear the gospel message. They saw the error of their ways. They saw, I'm broke, I'm empty, I'm lonely, and I need a drink of that living water. And they were like this woman right here. You see, I can't reveal this unto you. It says, flesh and blood cannot reveal God unto you. But our Father who is in heaven, He can reveal it to you. That's what I pray tonight. He reveals to you your need. Here's what happened. Jesus said unto her, I that speak unto thee am He. Jesus in that moment was referencing a fact that He is. As Jacob built that altar in days gone by near this area that Jesus is the God of Israel. 
He was also referenced to the fact that, like Moses said, who, who do I need to tell them that's sending me? Go tell them that I am. That's what John is writing about. The great I am. Can you imagine when this woman locked eyes with Jesus? When John saw him there in his glorified state, she said his eyes were burning like flames of fire. I'll tell you, when God did a work in her heart, she locked eyes with him. She saw the Son of God face to face. God opened up her eyes and flooded her heart and her heart was indwelt by the Spirit of God and a river of life began flowing out of her. You may say, well, how do you know that, uh, Brother Brian? How do you know that, that she got filled up? Jesus got filled up too because the disciples said, hey, Master, you need to eat something. Jesus, he said, nope, nope, nope. He said, my meat, my food is to do the will of him that sent me. I tell you, Jesus said, I got, he got filled up when that woman got saved because there's joy in the presence of God over one sinner that repents. And God was right there in that moment. And you know what? She came there for natural water. You may have come here tonight to be with your friends. You may come here tonight because your mom and dad asked you to. But I tell you, when the natural things turn over to the spiritual things, you know what this woman did? She came with her water pot. You know the story. You've heard it so many times. You know the story. She said she forgot why she even came. But she left on mission. She said she left her water pot and she went into the neighboring town. She came filled with, with sin, but she left free. She came filled with shame, but she left free. As I share that story with those men holding that weight, you know what she did? Sometimes I take that 45-pound weight and I say, this is what it's like. When Jesus was on the cross... When that rock was struck, that that living water might flow out of his life, that weight that you've been carrying, it's like all these weights. Every one of us, if we all had a 45-pound weight, and I just threw it down on the ground, and you threw yours down on the ground, and everybody threw theirs down on the ground, and you could just hear the pounding, and the pounding, and the pounding, and the pounding. I tell you, Jesus was struck there on that cross so that I could have a drink. Of living water. Now I'll probably get hungry tonight. After preaching. I may make a foolish decision to eat something late at night. And I'll wake up in the middle of the night. And I have to go to the bathroom and get my cup. And get a drink of water. For this natural body. But I tell you the night that I got a drink of that living water from Jesus. This natural mouth, it gets thirsty again and again. But I tell you, when I took a drink of that living water, I've never had to go back. He said, he that believes on me shall never thirst. I pray that the Spirit of God will open up your eyes to your great need tonight of the Savior of the world. As that woman went into town, she began to tell her story. People were believing because of her story. And then it says that Jesus came and spent two days with them. And said, we don't believe just because we heard your story. We know for ourselves. And he ends it and says, this Christ, He's the Savior 
of the world. He can deliver you from your sins this very hour. Will you come? Will you seek Him while you have time and opportunity? Don't wait too long to get a drink from that well as we get a song and sing. Appreciate you hearing me tonight.